we are doing canto 4 chapter 22 shrimad bhagavatam uh, from verse 31 onwards okay when one deviates from his original consciousness he loses the capacity to remember his previous position or recognize his present one when remembrance is lost all knowledge acquired is based on false foundation when this occurs learned scholars consider that the soul is lost this what what we were talking about if i go back one more verse you will find that in this particular verse in verse number 30 he says when one's mind and senses are attracted to sense objects for enjoyment the mind becomes agitated so when we are attracted towards sense objects what happens our mind is moving outwards in this world and at that point in time he becomes agitated in that and loses his mind in those objects as a result of continuously thinking of these objects one's real consciousness becomes lost so when it so happens that suppose you are attracted by one particular uh, object in the nature at that point in time the moment you are attracted by the object your senses are going towards that your mind is moving in that direction let us say for example you have seen a very beautiful car today on the road and it is your intense desire that oh it's such a lovely car i also need to have it the moment you say these words your mind has already reached that destination of wanting to acquire that means desires have welled up in that person the moment the desires come up in a person at that point in time the consciousness which is lost within is now moving without that means outwards everything is moving outwards and the moment that is moving outwards the person gets lost so at that time he says like the water in a lake that is gradually sucked up by the big grass straws on its bank so in the same way how uh, if you have seen uh, the river banks you will find that the edge of the river bank there are very tall grass very tall grass which was also there during the time of sri krishna if you recollect the last days of sri krishna when the particular grass was used for the purpose of making the weapons and everybody dies in the end so such type of long stalk grasses you know so it's like how it sucks the water up in the same way this is how your consciousness which is actually lost in the inner self is coming out it comes out and it is moving towards the object so that is the reason why he says one deviates from the original consciousness the moment you deviate the moment you get out of your being lost in yourself and you move towards this consciousness which is outwardly he loses the capacity to remember his previous position what is the previous position the previous position is the position of stillness quiet peace silence so on and so forth so the, the the one that you are lost within the self is lost he becomes lost in the material world then at that point in time what happens he loses his position and recognizes and doesn't recognize his present one when uh, and rec- recognizes his present one when remembrance is lost all knowledge acquired is based on false foundation what is the false foundation a foundation of the object outside basically the foundation that was inside which is connected to the self is no longer connected there it is connected to the world outside now let us see how this whole thing works like i was telling you about the car the moment the person sees the car what happens immediately his mind is rushing towards that object the moment it rushes towards that object he immediately starts finding fault with his own that means he finds fault with let us say for example you have a very old car then you will start finding fault with your old car and you will say oh my god my car is not functioning properly the tires have become old the engine is always knocking this is happening that you start finding faults with it and then the next thing that you do is you want to find out ways and means in which you can exchange the car or maybe you can take a new one then you will find out financial ways the methods you will go and approach the finance companies or maybe you will try to find out whether you can do this or do that and gather that much amount of money so whatever foundation that was there earlier which was internal is now uh, lost in the external so any kind of desire that attracts us 
outside in the material world anything any object that is attracting us our mind moves towards that when this occurs learned scholars considered that the soul is lost soul is lost in the sense you have lost your senses in that particular object soul cannot be lost so it is mentioned like that there is no stronger obst- obstruction to one's self interest than thinking about subjects matter subject matters to be more pleasing than the one's self realization what greater things are there than trying to achieve self realization nothing greater than self realization isn't it so what is this moving outwards in the material world and thinking about some petty objects small small objects you know in this world you keep on thinking about them 24 bar 7 and you are lost in those objects instead of losing yourself in the self for human society constantly thinking of how to earn money and apply it for sense gratification brings about the destructions in everyone's interest when one becomes devoid of knowledge and devotional service he enters into species of life like those of trees and stones see think about it this book must have been written thousands of years ago at that time also he is talking in terms of money earning money so there at that point in time what kind of uh, preoccupations would have been there maybe farmer this that you know very simple today we may be talking in terms of uh, aeronautical space outer space this that and it industry and heavy technology god knows it also heavy industries railways what not so people might be in this kind of places but yet what are they actually uh, working for for purpose of earning some money and the moment a person is lost in earning 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 and earning at that point in time what happens he has to get this sense gratification he is trying to gratify his senses first is he may be thinking about his family and all that but at the end of the day it is still about gratifying the senses isn't it why do you think there is a family the family is there for the purpose of his sense gratification only isn't it so end of the day everything around you whichever is your desire is a uh, is about sense gratification so it brings about destruction in everyone's interests that means what not only he alone but every other person who is associated with him is completely destroyed in terms of karma okay they get entangled in the meshes of karma when one becomes devoid of knowledge and devotional service he enters into the species of life like those of trees and stones those who strongly desire to cross the ocean of nescience must not associate with the modes of ignorance for hedonistic activities are the greatest obstruction to realization of religious practices economic religious principles economic development regulated sense gratification and at last liberation now imagine this this was written thousands of years ago and they knew it so well what is he talking about the moment you lose yourself in the material world the moment you lose yourself in the material world whether it's a rat race in your company whether it is a rat race of your life the rat race of your family or any other kind of race that you are in into all these kind of things are suddenly activities which are leading you towards ignorance that means you you are getting converted from being a knowledgeable self knowing person to a person who is completely ignorant in this material world at that point in time what happens the moment you become you are going towards ignorance that means the knowledge of the self is getting covered up is getting completely covered up and the moment it gets covered up what happens you are only looking outwardly and all these things associated which i am going to recount they are lost what is that this is the greatest obstructions are what what do you lose the realization of religious principles we lose religious principles let us say for example a very simple case i can give you whereas a person is indulged in mining there there are huge mining cases which have happened in india now when there is mining supposed to be happening at that point in time there is a lot of things which are going out of the mines which are not even accounted for think about it 
what does the religious principle say to be truthful and so on and so forth that means every ounce that goes out of that place needs to be accounted for but what happens over here is the person is completely lost in the counting his money and so he forgets that there is something which is very very important for him to do and he forgets about that and he catches hold of falsehood in this material world and that is what happens economic development now think about what do you mean by economic development these are the greatest obstructions to economic development any person in this world who becomes a sort of an hedonistic ruler now say for example there are lots of these rulers in this world okay now they are rulers of particular states they are first bothered about filling their own pockets rather than they are bothered about the development of their country so you will find that many countries in this world are still backwards they cannot grow economically at all and then there are all sorts of laws rules regulations taxation so on and so forth brought about and this in turn brings about economic downfall so economic development doesn't happen over there regulated sense gratification and last is liberation regulated sense gratification basically it means what see when you get to see something nice you don't go and fall for it you watch it and then you go away let us say that you have seen a bird now you may see the beautiful bird and you may say oh wow god has made such a beautiful bird but immediate thought comes in the mind i want to catch him and i want to put him in one small cage or you want to kill him or do something like that why so this kind of sense gratification comes up which destroys this thing and last is liberation you lose liberation liberation doesn't stay with you you become completely entangled in the material world out of the four principles namely religion economic development sense gratification and liberation liberation has to be taken very seriously the other three are subject to destruction by the stringent law of nature death all the other three things that is religion gets destroyed you will find that there used to be some religion in the past that is gone this is replaced by a new one and then it is replaced by another one then it is replaced by another one people keep on changing their faith that is basically faith means religion i am not talking about faith faith i am talking about religion so what happens is people change their religion so religion doesn't stay for a long time secondly economic development the countries that are there in this world some of them have been very very economically strong and then they have become economically weaker and it keeps on shuttling your yo yo cycle is there and then sense gratification again that also doesn't stay because today you may feel that you know today you are seeing a very good car tomorrow another one will come then another one will come and maybe after some time maybe it so happens that you are used to listening to very nice music okay after some time you may become deaf in the ear you think you can listen to on the nice music after that no way so if you become deaf or if you become blind you can't see beautiful things and you can't hear stuff so that is a time when sense gratification also can be destroyed the last one which is called liberation this is the most important thing that we are going to address now he says rest everything can be destroyed so liberation needs to be taken very seriously we accept as blessing different states of higher life distinguishing them from lower states of life but we should know that such distinctions exist only in relation to the interchange of the modes of material nature actually these states of life have no permanent existence for all of them will be destroyed by the supreme controller so what is he saying we have three modes of nature you know which is sattva rajas and tamas three stages now today you might be born in an absolutely tamasic womb tomorrow you may be born in a very rajasic family and day after you might have been you might be born in a family which is very religious in nature so you can keep on changing from one to another so there are many people who may from tamasic become rajasic and from rajasic they can become tamasic the, there is always an exchange even there so that also is impermanent so he says so the stages of life 
higher stages to a lower stages also you'll find you keep on going up and down the path sometimes you may be born as a kshatriya sometimes you may be born as a shudra it it depends again so all this also changes sanat kumar advised the king therefore my dear god prithu my dear king prithu try to understand the supreme personality of godhead who is living within everyone's heart along with the individual soul in each and every body either moving or non moving the individual souls are fully covered by the gross material body and subtle body made of the life air and intelligence so sanat kumar is now addressing king prithu once again what he says please understand krishna you have to understand krishna where does he stay his domain starts from the inner core of the heart that means inside the heart when you enter that particular place there you will find the doorway of reaching this divine consciousness so he lives in everybody's heart along with the individual soul along with the individual soul the jiva the jivatma is also sort of existing over there last time when we were doing jiva jivatma and paramatma i said there is no jivatma only your understanding will come once you have reached the state of self realization till that point in time you still believe that there is a jiva or jivatma sort sort of and then there is a paramatma there are two separate entities there are no two separate entities there is only one and that is called the param atma jeev atma is a creation is as if it is there it doesn't exist actually but for understanding purpose it is there so at that point in time what happens who is living in everybody's heart along with the individual soul in each and every body either moving or non moving so in both the places is there in moving as well as in non moving the individual souls are fully covered by gross material body and subtle body made of the life air and intelligence so body the human body is made up of five layers isn't it we have discussed this five layers extent in the last one outside is called the food body the most inside one the last one inside is called the anandamay kosh or the happy body as we call it krishna manifests himself as one with the cause and the effect within the body but one who has transcended transcended the illusory energy by deliberate consideration which clears the misconception of a snake for a rope can understand the paramatma is eternally transcendental to the material creation and situated in pure internal energy thus the lord is transcendental to all material contamination and to him only one must surrender so when we say these words paramatma or krishna lives within me visualize this how can he live within you that means are you not giving him an idea that he is manifested inside something he is called the supreme divine consciousness there is no manifestation in your body we just believe like that there is nothing like as if he has taken shape or size or presence inside the body there is nothing like that to understand that is very very difficult so the only way of understanding it is if if i have to ask you where does the president of india stay or where does the president of the united states of america stay what is the answer that you will give me the white house isn't it or rashtrapati bhavan one of the two answers you will give me so the president of america stays in the white house do you really think he stays in the white house don't know you think that a president stays in that place is an incumbent who stays over there incumbent means somebody who has taken the place today there is one president tomorrow there will be another after that there will be another after that there will be another so the president will keep on changing the house may be the same so at least you know where to look for him isn't it where to look for the president you know that much of place so in our body to where to look for this god that we talk about supreme divine consciousness only one place look inside the heart but heart is only a location you can just keep on thinking oh there is a heart i have to go and see over there you can see over there yet you won't find him over there the reason is because he is transcendental in nature he is not the way you look at it as if he has taken some form no he is not taken any form over there you can seek him but you cannot find him over there that is why he says 
but there is a so like i said the president of india is taken as a shape somebody is the president of india today or somebody is the president of america so this president will last only till his tenure is there after his tenure is there somebody else will come so what has happened is some sort of a manifestation has happened some sort so today the president of america is mr obama now so obama is there today but he he will be completing very shortly his tenure so then somebody else might turn up we don't even know so this is how it works so what happens is he manifests himself as one with the cause and the effect in the body cause and the effect what is the cause and what is the effect if there is fire somewhere it is definitely going to produce heat isn't it that is a very common understanding if there is a wood there is fire within the wood isn't it so we can burn the wood and it will give you fire isn't it and the fire in if there is fire then you know there is going to be a heat generation so it is it is it's an accepted fact and that is the reason why we always say that that is how it works so he says this divine consciousness works within us like a cause and an effect but one who has transcended the illusory energy by deliberate consideration that means what the moment you think that he is there inside and we believe that if i do this this will happen if i do that that will happen the good and the bad effects of nature but you have to trans you have to go beyond all these kind of understanding that means you have to actually go far beyond your normal sense of the way of understanding and it can never be done by means of a mind the moment you use your mind trying to understand what is it that you are getting nothing you are not going to get anything see the reason why i would not advise anybody to go in for the practice of meditation or pranayam or any of these things is very simply this the moment you get into meditation you will say that oh i have reached the state of samadhi this is the words you will say i have found the self and then after you get out of that meditation what happens you have found this body so what happened to the self the self is disappeared so you think it is like you know uh, uh, this thing camera or what is it comes and goes it comes and goes it comes sorry there is nothing like that the self is always there you think just because you are meditating you are entering the state of the self that is the biggest foolish expression that a person can say the self always exists okay it is like this you know you remember when we were uh, when we tell the children you know you go and hide somewhere i will close my eyes okay and you think you know the child thinks that when he closes his eyes he is not able to see it's a very foolish notion right? because at the end of the day you know your house is only 500 or 1000 square feet where can the child go he is there only somewhere so you will go and search him oh where are you oh where are you oh where are you he is in the house boss he is in the house because any which way you have put the top uh, latch so he is not going to go out of the house so it is like that you know the self always exists so by doing meditation you think he is coming in front of you i said look i am the self okay now you please remember me after you get out of meditation you remember myself okay i have got a very big eyes and this and that so after you get out of meditation you say oh i am back to normal in my normal world and now how did the self look like oh he he looks exactly like me but he has got big eyes he has got big nose and all that how stupid can that be the self always exists so there is no way of thinking that by meditation or by pranayam or by any of those methodologies you are going to reach the state of the self there is nothing like that in this world okay so don't even try so he says so this is what krishna is saying over here it's you cannot reach this state of illusory energy by deliberation which clears the misconception of a snake or the rope can understand the paramatma is eternally transcendental to the material creation and situated in the pure internal energy he is transcendental in nature he is literally everywhere every portion being everything is him alone so 
in any material creation or non material creation he exists but can you see him no with your normal eyes and all you cannot see but you can understand the moment you reach the state of realization you have an understanding and that is what is required that's the reason why it is called self realization okay so the devotees who are always engaged in the service of the toes of the lord lotus feet of the lord can very easily overcome hard knotted desires of fruitive activity because it is very difficult the non devotees the gnanis and the yogis although trying to stop the waves of sense gratification cannot do so therefore you are advised to engage in the devotional service of krishna the son of vasudeva so what is sarat kumar telling him he says all those who are gnanis and yogis they are as good as dobis they can't reach him you got what i am saying sanat kumar is telling prithu maharaj all the gnanis and the yogis in this world are will never in this life be able to reach him because first and foremost for them to get out of this material life is impossible see the gnanis because it is very difficult for the non devotees the gnanis and the yogis he is very specifically said the gnanis and the yogis are non devotees they are not devoted to the lord okay they are basically devoted to their craft what is the craft a yogi will say i sit in yoga sir i sit in meditation and krishna will say my foot meditation if you are at my foot in meditation then i will say you are my devotee but you are not in my foot so you are you know ram krishna parmanasa says foot foot so like that i will also say foot foot you are not there no where you can be so the yogis and the gnanis are nowhere near krishna nowhere so what are they they try to stop they are actually trying to stop hard you know sense gratification i will not look i will not look i will not seek all these yogis and gnanis fall for it they are bothered about what khana peena rona dhona bachcha kachcha everything they are they are fully entangled in that thing so all the gnanis and the yogis they try very hard to stay away from it and finally they get trapped in the material world so there is no point and what happens to them therefore you are advised only to take up devotional service now let us start from the beginning the devotees who are engaged in the service of the feet of the, the toes of the lotus feet of the lord can easily overcome this hard knotted desire of routine activities so what is the, what is sanat kumar saying those who are the devotees who have surrendered at the feet of the lord only those people only those people can overcome all fruitive activity that doesn't mean that they have to give up fruitive activity okay that means all actions that are to be performed they will get performed but they will not be bothered with the fruit of that action because they are bothered about only one fruit that one fruit is at the feet of the lord always to be at the feet of the lord this is all that they are bothered about whereas the gnanis and the yogis they can never get out of this trap even if they try very very hard and they can never reach krishna at all because they are bothered about dissecting him they are bothered about yogasan they are bothered about every other thing in the world except being a devotee so those who think that they can reach the state of the self or do whatever that they wish to all those people will have to stand outside golok vrindavana with the board written over their house full not allowed inside they can only say black me ticket milta hai kya sir nahi milta hai pyar me ticket milta hai black me nahi milta hai so so think about it so in their case there is no entry for them whereas those who are in love with krishna those who have completely surrendered at the feet of krishna for them only there is an entry now you may think you know this is being very biased this book is biased sir this is called shrimad bhagavatam 
<laughs> I am not biased. I am reading words from this book. So, Srimad Bhagavatam is advising you, kindly stop running after all these yoga, doba and all that thing and it is worthless, I tell you. It's of no use. No Krishna for that person. No yogi, yogi and all that thing. No, no point only trying to become a yogi. No try, point trying to become a sannyasi or whatever. All these sannyasis, yogis, jnanis and all, they have to stand outside in queue. They don't have any entry over there. So, so what Sanat Kumar says, only with love and devotion can egg entry be granted at Krishna's door. The ocean of nescience is very difficult to cross because it is infested with many dangerous sharks. Although those who are non-devotees undergo severe austerities and penance to cross the ocean, we recommend it that you simply take shelter at the lotus feet of the Lord, which are like the boats to, for crossing the ocean. Although the ocean is difficult to cross, by taking shelter at his lotus feet, you will overcome all dangers. Now, what are the sharks in this ocean? Sharks are all the attach- entanglements in the world. Attachments, entanglements, you know, all kinds of passions in this world. A normal person, that is the one who is even following the path of yoga or those who are following the path of div- uh, any other path besides devotion. Okay? Jnanis and all that. All these people find it extremely difficult to cross this thing. They are not able to. They will say that, no, see, I am a yogi. I want to. No, I am not at all attached to my family. I am not attached to this. I am not bothered about the money. I am sorry. There is no way in which they can ever reach the shores of the other side. Because they will be trapped in that. Again, I will read it for your understanding. The ocean of nations is very difficult to cross because it is infested with many dangerous sharks. Although those who are non-devotees, all the non-devotees, everyone who is a non-devotee, undergoes severe austerities and penance. That means you know all the yoga and all that that you do uh, in this world. You try your level best of doing anything that you want to. Okay. I try to hop across the ocean. You will fall down deep inside. This because And there are sharks inside. Remember, one shark is anyway going to eat you up, gobble you up. So what, some shark is anyway going to be there. So, they try to cross the ocean. We recommend, so what is Sanat Kumar recommending here? Sanat Kumar is recommending, don't even bother about doing all those things. Can you just not be surrendering at the feet of Krishna? He says, simply take shelter at the lotus feet of Krishna. Beyond that, you don't have to do anything. He will only take you away from all these things. The great sage Maitreya continued, being thus enlightened in complete spiritual knowledge by the son of Brahma, one of the Kumaras who was completely in spiritual knowledge, the king worshipped them in the following words. So, one of the Kumaras is explaining these things to Prithu. So, now what is Prithu going to do? He is going to thank him. The king said, O Brahmana, O powerful one, formerly Lord Vishnu showed me his causeless mercy, indicating that you would come to my house and confirm the blessing you, you have all come. My dear Brahmana, so Krishna had already blessed him that these four sages are going to come to your house. So, my dear Brahmana, you have carried out the order thoroughly because you are also compassionate as the Lord. It is my duty therefore to offer you something. But all I possess are but remnants of food taken by great saintly persons. What shall I give? So, he doesn't have anything to offer to these four great sages who are standing in front of him. So, he says... The only thing is there is some food which this, all these sages have eaten from. So that is all I, that I can offer you. I will take up a question later. The king continued, Therefore, my dear Brahmana, my life, wife, children, home, furniture, household paraphernalia, my kingdom, strength, land and especially my treasury are all offered unto you. So he says, all the food has been partaken by all the sages over here. So now what else I can offer you? I can offer you my entire kingdom. I can offer you my wife, my children, my home, my furniture. Everything that goes in this material world, I am offering you at your feet. Since only a person who is completely educated 
according to the principles of the vedic knowledge deserves to be the commander in chief ruler of the state the first to chastise and the proprietor of the whole planet hmm. deserves to be the commander in chief ruler of the state the first to chastise and the proprietor of the whole planet prithu maharaj offered everything to the kumaras so prithu maharaj because he is the top boss of this whole kingdom so what he says i want to offer you this everything because the whole earth is his only isn't it so he is offering everything to the kumaras over there the kshatriyas vaishyas and the shudras eat their food by virtue of the brahmana's mercy it is the brahmanas who enjoy their own property clothe themselves with their own property and give charity with their own property rest of the people are worker class it is like if you remember i was telling you how this whole system works now think about it from today's point of view like i said there are no brahmanas left in this world no knowers of brahma no brahmanyani is left in this world where if they are there they might have disappeared somewhere god knows where now the only caste that is remaining is kshatriyas vaishyas and shudras kshatriyas vaishyas and shudras so the topmost class today would be the kshatriyas isn't it so they would be the ceos and the chairmen and the managing directors and all those big shots in this world so they own but in ancient times brahmanas were there so they used to own literally everything in this world so like that they were owning so they can give them everything to charity Prithu Maharaj continued, How can such persons who have rendered unlimited service by explaining the path of self-realization in relation to Krishna and whose explanations are given by our, for our enlightenment with complete conviction and Vedic evidence be repaid except by folded palms containing water for their satisfaction? Such great personalities can be satisfied only by their own activities which are distributed among human society out of their unlimited mercy. So what, what, does, what does the king say? He says, what else can I offer these great sages? They have shown me the path of liberation. They know exactly what I am supposed to do. They have given me the highest of the knowledge. How to reach the divine self? By falling at the feet of the Lord. By surrendering at the feet of the Lord. Okay? By love and devotion only. And since they have offered me this, what is it that I can offer them? I can't offer them anything beyond whatever that I have done. But can I ever repay them for what they have offered me? No, I can never repay them. The great sage Maitreya continued, Being thus worshipped by Maharaj Prithu, the four Kumaras, who were masters of devotional service, became very pleased. Indeed, they appeared in the sky and praised the character of the king, and everyone observed them. Among great personalities, Maharaj Prithu was the chief of the virtue of his fixed position in relation to spiritual enlightenment. He remained satisfied as one who has achieved all success in spiritual understanding. So, who was the highest enlightened person over there? Prithu Maharaj was the highest enlightened person over there. He was also one of the Amsh of the Divine Lord Himself. So, he had achieved everything that is needed in spiritual attainment that is to be attained. Being self-satisfied, Maharaj Prithu executed his duties as perfectly as possible according to time and his situation, strength and financial position. His only aim in all his activities was to satisfy the absolute truth. In this way, he duly acted. So, he has done exactly what is expected out of him to do. That means welcoming the guests, taking their advice and also offering them what is due to them. It is like once when you take partake of any teachings, then you are supposed to offer the Guru something which is called the Guru Dakshana. So, at that point in time, he is offered everything that is there that he owns, that is right from his kingdom, wife, children, everything that he has, he is offered to the great sages because they have given him the highest of the knowledge. Maharaj Prithu completely dedicated himself to be the eternal servant of Krishna, transcendental in material nature. Consequently, all the fruits of his activities were dedicated to the Lord and he always thought of himself as the servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is the proprietor of everything. So everybody is supposed to behave exactly in the same way. Number one, he is supposed to be always doing acts only for the Lord alone, nobody else. That means whatever that you do, you just have to do it as if you are the great servant of God. Okay? You, If you see, the servant of a particular master does everything for the master, isn't it? He is literally full day and night only serving his master. So exactly like that, the greatest of the devotees of the Lord serves only their master which is Krishna alone on one side. 
then on the other side what do they do they have offered themselves plus every other thing that they own at the feet of the lord so always remembering him doing everything only for his sake and offering that whatever that they get after doing the service is always offered back to the lord again this is how they are supposed to do and never take proprietorship for anything you should never accept that i did it i did it that that i did it should never be there maharaj prithu was very opulent due to the prosperity of his entire empire remained at home as a householder since he was never inclined to utilize the opulence for his gratification of his senses he remained unattached exactly like a son which is unaffected in all circumstances this is what every human being should do what they should do they should be involved in their daily activities in life see he was like a householder in this world so he worked like a householder lived like a householder he was a king remember this so whatever job that comes to your way that is doing your divine duty that is also serving the lord by doing your swadharma these two things are to be done constantly and this is exactly what he does so he becomes unattached in the material world in the material world there is nothing in this world which can attract him his sense gratification is does not happen and he is constantly lost in the lord that is what happens being situated in the liberated position of devotional service prithu maharaj not only performed all fruitive activity but also begot five sons by his wife archi indeed all his sons were begotten according to his own desire now remember he was a person who had reached the highest state of devotion so this is a very important thing that you should know the highest of the devotees the highest of the devotees offering the highest of the devotional service to the lord that means always lost at the feet of the lord they also perform fruitive activities that means what all fruitive activities are performed that means eating drinking having a family so on and so forth so here the maharaj prithu was having his wife called archi so he had with her five children so all fruitive activities were performed by this great sage called prithu maharaj they were begotten by his own desire what is a desire one desire was to serve the lord isn't it so all the five sons that were there they were basically he was looking at only serving the lord after begetting five sons named vichitsava dhumrakesha haraksha dravina and vraka Prithu Maharaj continued to rule the planets he accepted all the qualities of the deities who governed all the other planets since maharaj prithu was a perfect devotee of the supreme personality of godhead he wanted to protect the lord's creation by pleasing the various citizens according to their various desires therefore prithu maharaj used to please them in all respect by his words mentality work and general behavior now it is also expected that the great devotee of the lord also gives his service to his citizens naturally he was the king of that place so he was expected to do duty towards his citizens also now what happens when you do the duty of your own and then you see somebody else doing their duty perfectly don't you reward those people suppose you have an employee who is doing a very good job naturally you reward that employee properly so also prithu maharaj was doing the same he was a very good king maharaj prithu became a celebrated king as som raja the king of the moon he was also powerful in exacting just like the sun god who distributes heat and light and at the same time exacts all the planetary waters maharaj prithu was so strong and powerful that no one could disobey his orders any more than one could conquer fire itself so he was a very strong and a powerful leader also he ruled the kingdom with an iron hand he never allowed anything wrong to happen in his kingdom he was so strong that he was compared to indra the king of heavens whose power is inseparable insuperable on the other hand maharaj prithu was also as tolerant as the earth and in fulfilling various desires of the human society he was like the heaven itself just as rainfall satisfies everyone's desires maharaj prithu used to satisfy everyone he was like the sea that no one could understand his depth and he was like meru the king of hills in the fixity of the purpose maharaj prithu's 
intelligence and education was exactly like that of Yamraj, the superintendent of death. The opulence was compared to the Himalaya mountain, where all the valuable jewels and metals are stocked. He possessed great riches like Kuvera, the treasurer of the heavenly planets, and no one could reveal his secrets, for they were like the demigod Varuna. So he is being compared to all the gods and the and the people, those who rule this earth. In his bodily beauty, he was like a cupid, and his thoughtfulness, he was like a lion. In his affection, he was just like Swayambhu Manu, and in an ability to control, he was like Lord Brahma. In his personal behavior, Prithu Maharaj exhibited all good qualities, and in the spiritual knowledge, he was exactly like Braspati. In self-control, he was like the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself. As far as the devotional service is concerned, he was a great follower of the devotee, was attached to the cow protection and the rendering of all services to the spiritual master and the brahmanas. He was perfect in the shyness and his gentle behavior and when he was engaged in philanthropic activity, he worked as if he was working for his own personal self. Throughout the whole universe, in the higher, lower and the middle planetary system, Prithu Maharaj, Maharaj's reputation was loudly declared and all the ladies and the saintly persons heard his glories, which were as sweet as the glories of Lord Ramachandra. This ends this particular chapter. So ends the fourth canto, 22nd chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled Prithu Maharaj's meeting with the four Kumaras. So we will stop over here today. So if you have any questions, you can ask me. Meanwhile, Guru has written some questions, so I'll just see what the question is and answer him accordingly. So does the yogi describe here is the one who does not believe in existence of Krishna? Aren't they through meditation and other techniques seeking universal consciousness only? See, universal consciousness, let me give you a step down percolation of how it works. First, we have this material world. The material world has been created by Prakriti. Okay. Her principle is called the Purusha. Okay. Now Purusha is in the domain of the unmanifest. Prakriti is the manifest. So Purusha to Prakriti is from unmanifest to manifest. The yogis, all the yogis and all these other people, those who are non-devotees, are only thinking about the unmanifest, the Lord of the unmanifest. So when they are lost in meditation, from manifest, where do they go? Only to the unmanifest. Got it? Once you reach the state of unmanifest, in that unmanifest, from nothing, from something you have become nothing. So do you think from nothing you can become something? No, there is now you are dissolved, you are dissolved. There is nothing left of you. Now, let us say for example, you are an ice cube in the ocean. A, a big ice block, okay. Like you have these ice flows that are coming in, you know. When all the great uh, glaciers are breaking, correct. When the glaciers are breaking, what happens? The ice flow. Ice flow means that block of ice is floating down onto the earth. So it is coming down and it is standard at one place. And it melts. It melted. Now let us say for example when it was a block of ice, it was manifested. Now that it has melted, it has become unmanifest. Now, where can it go? Can you tell me where, the, where that block of ice is now in this big ocean? There is no way of knowing where it has gone. So these yogis, those who believe in yoga or those who, those who are the jnanis, what do they do? They want to each that particular state of the unmanifest. And samadhi is nothing but reaching the state of the unmanifest. So what happens to these people? They dissolve in this ocean of unmanifest. But remember, Krishna is not that. For the creation, he has created the unmanifest. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is mentioned that his house, where he stays, is called the second divine unmanifest. It's not the first divine unmanifest. 
the second divine unmanifest and he is an entity over there he has a shape he has a size he has everything that you want krishna has a particular form over there in the second divine unmanifest when you catch the feet of this divine lord at that time what happens you reach the level of shri krishna directly so you are not going through the manifest to unmanifest to second unmanifest there is no such no such thing same thing is mentioned in the christian literature what does it say father in heaven has a son called christ christ is born on the earth as jesus christ okay so those who surrender at the feet of jesus christ reach that christ straight away so the in between that is there the in between the world that is created by sophia and all those eons archons and everything put together they are transcending that they are they are overriding it it is like uh, you know uh, if you want to go from here to Dil- uh, say from here to kashmir and you have to take a flight from here to delhi and from delhi to kashmir you know srinagar correct now here it is not like that here you here you sit in this uh, vehicle and say krishna 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 and you are in srinagar no delhi in between otherwise delhi se flight bhi nahi nikal raha hai samajh mein aaya to second divine unmanifest mein pahunchne ka and then straight away at the feet of the lord so what happens is krishna who is this he is the master of the second divine unmanifest has taken birth on this earth as himself as himself christ takes birth from the second divine unmanifest in this world as jesus christ so by surrendering at the feet of jesus christ i can reach the father in heaven right in the same way if i surrender at the feet of krishna in this divine world of ours i will reach his domain of the second divine unmanifest and i will be dancing with him all the tangos that i need in this world <laughs> so that is what happens got it